You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. In today's episode, Father Paul begins his discussion of Genesis chapter 27 and also tries his hand at poetry. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. Now, in the following chapter, 27, we have the actualization of the fact that the blessing did not go to Esau, but to Jacob. It is not because he sold it to his brother and so on. I mean, it's a story that says that ultimately he didn't get what was his. And this is detailed in the story of the cunning of Rebecca, but as I shall show at the end, every time you try to fool God, you end up fooling yourself, as in the case of the man and the woman in the garden, you know. There is no way out of it, at least in scripture, that's the premise. So it begins with Isaac being old and not being able to see, and it allows the play on the hair and the hairy Esau and so on and so forth. So let's read it very quickly. Obviously, he called Esau, who was a hunter, and he said, Behold, I'm old. I do not know the day of my death. Now take your weapons, your quiver, your bow, and go out to the field. Notice the repetition of field. It's the earth that gives life, not only from hunting, but also from the vegetation. But more specifically here, Esau is a hunter to present him as someone who moves around and does not settle as a shepherd would around a place that has water and so on. And at the end of verse 4, and prepare for me savory foods that I love and bring it to me that I may eat, that I may bless you before I die. The blessing is extremely important in the Bible. We all know that, even when it comes to God, the blessing and the curse and so on. And it works almost like the voodoo. If the blessing goes, that's it. You cannot take it back and reroute it. That's very important to remember. And the same thing applies to the curse. You could hear it at the end of chapter 15, where, Come ye the blessed of my father. So ultimately, the blessing has a function 
that is ultimate, if you want to put it this way. So one has to be very clear in explaining this. It's not that, well, he blessed me, tomorrow he changed his mind and so on. No, it's very powerful. It works almost magically, automatically. And you could hear it in that famous story where at the end, Isaac said to Esau, sorry, my blessing went out, I cannot reroute it. So let's put ourselves into that mind frame so that we can understand what Rebecca was trying to do. You know, she had to prepare it almost step by step, like a CIA style. In seven, you have an addition that I may bless you before I die. You have this addition that I may bless you before the Lord, before I die. Again, to the ear, it reminds the hearer that ultimately the blessing comes from God through the Father. But it is God ultimately who blesses. Okay? And here we hear again this very important reminder of what I detailed in the previous chapter about obeying, obeying, obeying the commandment. Here we have, therefore, my son, obey my word as I command you. Technically, my voice, but you can translate it also my word, call. Why do I stress this? Because to the ear, it brings to mind that famous passage of Genesis chapter 13, where Adam heard the sound, and thus the voice of God coming. And the voice, the sound, is connected with a word that expresses the will of the senior, and thus it is a command. And you have it clearly here, already in English, but in Hebrew much more, because you have the word that I command you. Hmm? So he says you have to listen to what I am. Okay? It's the verb the noun is mitzvah. Again, this reminds you of Genesis chapter 2, that the Lord God commanded Adam to do or not to do something. Okay? And Rebecca heard what, that's what the text is saying, what Isaac said to Esau, and she is going to use this to foil the plan of Jacob. So she sent her son to bring, she prepared food herself, you know, and she sent it with him. But Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I'm a smooth man. That's the importance of seer, say. Perhaps my father will feel me and I shall see me. You know, it's an elaborate story 
to have the hearer realize that the matter was very complex and Rebecca had to be very cunning. But she turns around the words of her husband who asked Esau to obey his word, meaning Isaac's word, by asking her son to obey her word. His mother said to him, Upon me be your curse. This is verse 13. My son, only obey my word and go fetch them to me. Okay? So she accepts the curse instead of her son. Okay, you can say whatever you want. In other words, she's telling her son, don't worry about the curse now. I'm willing to take the responsibility. Our aim is to get Isaac's blessings upon you. Again, you have to remind your hearers, the understanding is once the blessing comes upon you, Jacob, it cannot go anymore toward Esau. And you could see all this is a work not so much for Jacob, but against Esau on the part of the Rebecca. So, and you know the rest of the story. She took the garments of Esau and then she put the skins of the kids on the hands and the neck of Jacob and she gave him savory food that she had prepared and he entered and he said, here I am, you know the story. I'm Esau, your firstborn. Notice this is from the same root as the word that was used earlier by Esau, birthright. Okay, in Hebrew, it's the same root. And Isaac said, how did you find this very quickly? Because he sent him to hunt. Because the Lord, your God, granted me success. Okay? In Hebrew is Hikrat, made it happen. Then he tells him, let me feel you, and so on and so forth. You know the rest of the story. In 27, so he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his garments, blessed him, and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. May God give you of the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Okay. That's ultimately the blessing. It is unto life so that you would live. That's the ultimate expression of the blessing not so much to live well and not well, uh, to live. You need all this for your food. And then let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's son bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. Okay? But unfortunately, this will not happen to Jacob, but it will happen to Joseph later. Again, the author is preparing the story how all this plan will be foiled 
by God. And in the meantime, I shall show you that Jacob, upon his return from Aram, were it not for the kindness of Esau, peace would not have prevailed between them. So Esau will be presented as the outsider who's behaving better than the insider. But again, in theology, generally in the churches, in Judaism, you know, they don't like to hear that. They go by what is written. If this button is called escape, then it can mean only escape. This is how it functions. In scripture, it is not like that. God can shuffle and reshuffle. Let's give this example because I have to go through it now and then where you have to switch keyboards from English to French to Spanish to Finnish to Arabic. So let's try to give examples to the people who are teaching. It's not that it can't be. It can be. Okay. And that is the ultimate intent of this story. So the text is building up on the tension between Jacob and Esau that was created by Rebecca. This is what you should remember. And then verse 31, Esau prepared food and his father Isaac said to him, Who are you? He answered, I'm your son, your firstborn. Notice this expression again. Esau, 32, let's check on it. Bukoreka, Bukor. It's the same word, the same root. Then Isaac trembled violently, whatever the original, let me not belabor things that are secondary to the main point. Who was it then that hunted game, brought it to me? And I have blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. Okay, that's it. It's done. And then he cried out. And Isaac says, your brother came with guile and he has taken away your blessing. Okay, notice how his blessing, the intention doesn't count whether it was done with guile. If it goes out, it goes out. Okay. It's a word that means deceit, mirma, and so on. Let's not belabor that. Esau said, is he not rightly named Jacob? And he's a play here on, he supplanted me. But technically, you come after, you take the place. You follow in place of. And we have sensed that in the story of the birth. So you see how the stories just underscore one another. That there is something wrong with Jacob. He took away my birthright and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. And have you not reserved a blessing for me? 
And Isaac says, no, this cannot be. I have made him your Lord, and all his brothers are given to him for servants. And with grain and wine I have sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? Okay, but the story doesn't continue like that, as you well know. So if you know scripture, you will realize on your second or third reading that it's a false success. Okay, it's to a falling ultimately. Again, bless me so that the fatness of the earth, this image is taken in Romans chapter 11 and so on. Let's not go too much on an aside. We did well and you shall serve your brother. But when you break loose, you shall break his yoke from your neck. You see how this text is very important because it gives hope that the end of the story would to some extent reverse what is happening now. Meaning for the hearer that Jacob's, Rebecca's success will not be ultimately good and forever. Independent and then it ends up in the New Testament where, you know, the irony that the Edomite, remember Esau and Adam are the same reality, the Edomite Herod becomes the king of Judah. It's very powerful. Okay, but this is obviously New Testament. And one can point to the link between the two Testaments. They build on one another. I mean, the New Testament builds on the Old Testament. Esau hated Jacob because of blessing. And Esau said, the days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. But lately, we will see that he will be his savior. So Esau is presented as ultimately the good guy and Jacob the bad guy. And this, again, classical theology does not like. But we'll see it. I'm going to show it to you. It's not that I am saying so. But the words of Esau, her older son, were told to the Rebecca. So she went and called Jacob, her younger. Behold, your brother Esau comforts himself by planning to kill you. And she is the one, it's a text full of irony against Rebecca, because it is her decision to send Jacob to the same place to which her husband had been sent, which means Isaac by Sarah, to end as an exile of 14 years. I mean, if this is not irony, what is? But let's hear it in the original. Behold, your brother Esau confers himself by willing to kill you. So now, therefore, obey my voice for the third time. This is obeying the voice of a human being. That's not good news. Arise, flee to Laban, my brother in Haran. And it's very funny that Laban, 
the uncle of Isaac treats him well, and Laban, the brother of the Rebecca, mistreats Jacob. I mean, it's overwhelming. Another example where I'm reading into this text, into its movement, part of the ultimate outcome. Now, at hearing it the first time, you don't notice this. That's why the story is very exciting. You, as a hearer, are invited to side with Jacob and Rebekah. Yes, go for it. Especially if the name is Jacob and you, the original reader, is a Jacobite, Israelite. And Until your brother's fury turns away at the end of 44, and even this will be turned around because Jacob, after 14 years, will not have forgotten that and is afraid of Esau, and Esau is waiting to accept him in open arms. So, the actual end of the story contradicts the fear of Rebecca and the thought of Rebecca regarding her son Esau. That's why I underscored the last verse of the previous chapter where he said, obviously Isaac, but more importantly Rebecca, did not like Esau because his wives were Hittites. We spoke about all the play about the Hittites and so on. So she sent him to the brother. And Rebecca doesn't end with that. She wants to take her revenge against anything that is Hittite, despite the fact that Rebecca, very funnily, is going to be buried in the field of Ephraim the Hittite. Just unbelievable. She will find, as we would say, ultimate peace in the arms of a Hittite. Did you like that? You see, I can do poetry now and then. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.